Do you have the courage to commit? Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be in part talking about the value of figuratively or literally staying in the room where you know you want to be long enough to allow your life to change. And I'm also going to be divulging my own personal thoughts and transformation around one of the scariest next steps and next moves in my personal life. So if either of those topics or concepts are something that you're currently pondering or walking through in one area of your life or another, you're going to love this episode. Well, hello, gorgeous one. Welcome to Bombshell Radio. Here, we combine pleasure and purpose to liberate women into their divine assignment of being the fullest expression of fierce femininity. My name is Jackie LaCroix. I believe that pleasure is a life force. Beauty is for you. And your sexual design is the key to your greatest fulfillment and calling. I'm the author of the best-selling book, The Bombshell Manifesto, and I've mentored women in body, beauty, business, and intimacy with God, themselves, and men for over 10 years. Each week, you'll receive a different edition of Bombshell Radio, focusing on one of these areas, all designed to inspire you and help you optimize every area of your feminine design so that you can live your biggest, most beautiful life. If you've been longing for a place where you can merge your spirituality and your sexuality and enter a conversation that honors your body, your beauty, your business savvy, and your faith, welcome home. Let's get started. Let's talk first about what staying in the room So from a literal concept, the idea is that let's imagine there's a conference room or an event room, a ballroom in some conference hotel somewhere, and they're all talking about high level business or how to start your own business or maybe weight loss and health tips or a relationship advice, whatever, right? Some kind of conversation that you want to be in on is happening in the room. And yet it's also a conversation that you're not yet either familiar with or very comfortable with, that you don't see yourself as being an expert at or good at or maybe worthy of even, you know, having a chance to listen to and become like these people. There's some kind of identity crisis that is happening for you as you sit in the room, right? And so you can imagine this figurative example of the literal definition that someone is in the back of a room with a little notebook in their lap, pen in hand, eyes wide, slightly terrified, but trying to have the courage to listen in on and even participate maybe in or at least not flee from the conversation that the other people in that room are having, right? Because the person knows this is where they want to be. This is their big dream. This is their next level. These are the kind of people they want to hang out with and be like and be friends with and emulate in so many ways. And yet they're scared crapless that this is not who they are and that they have absolutely no ability to attain these levels of whatever, right? Health, wealth, relationship, success, joy, spiritual ascendance, who knows, right? Whatever it is. And yet 
in spite of the fear that they can feel perhaps very very really in their body very literally in their body they're staying in the room they have decided but glued to chair strategy that they just won't leave and then maybe just by simply not giving up on themselves okay just by not giving up on themselves and this dream this desire for a different reality this longing for a next level or a different experience by just staying in that environment they will slowly become more comfortable with it. They'll slowly start to associate with it rather than feel like an outsider. They'll slowly maybe start to make friends there, build a community of those kinds of people. They'll pick up tactics and tricks and little mastery type of whatever ways to succeed in that realm that they wouldn't have if they left and tried to read it in a book. They're staying in the environment where they want to be one of them, right? And not in a, you know, begging for approval kind of way, but truly they have identified that this is something that they long for, but they don't feel comfortable with it yet. And their number one game changing first step, which absolutely will be a game changer for them, is simply staying in the room. Now, I use this term figuratively all the time when I'm talking on trainings and master classes or even with clients and group private coaching calls. I just encourage women when we dive into topics that are really uncomfy, that make them nauseous and dizzy and feel like they suddenly have a headache and they must have like 15 other things that they need to do, including cleaning every single window in their house, to just stay in the room, right? And what I mean by that is, of course, usually staying on the coaching call, but also staying in the conversation, right? Even if they really do need to take a break and it's just a little too overwhelming at that time. And I fully understand and support that to not run from the entire topic, from the entire concept, from the entire ability and possibility of something more and something different and something new and something true, right? So when we dive into areas like sex and intimacy and the wounds we may have from families of origin or experiences with men or masculinity or our own femininity or other women or our bodies or our beauty, all of these things which can just make us feel like, do we have to talk about that today, Jackie? Just staying in the room slowly allows our whole nervous system to calm down when the topic itself is even broached. And then to start to allow our hearts and our minds to open and start to consider where have I maybe had misconceptions, fears that I called truths, misbeliefs. And it allows us to start to live differently in that area, slowly but surely, and all because we decided to stay in the room. So of course, my first question to you today is what room would you like to stay in? Is there an area of your life? Maybe it's your business, maybe it's your health, Maybe it's your relationships with men, with the man you already have, with your children, with your coworkers, with other women, with God, with yourself. What area of your life are you longing to have a different experience in? And as much as you may be unhappy or maybe you're only aware every now and then when you allow yourself to acknowledge and examine it, notice that you're unhappy, you aren't really comfortable with the idea of thinking maybe what you want is even possible, right? So the first 
opportunity is to allow ourselves to not only notice what we don't love, but to recognize that, yes, maybe we could have more. And just because we're not comfortable with the idea of things being different, that in and of itself may be what's blocking us, right? We may have become quite comfy in the place that we are calling miserable because we know it, because we've built, honestly, an identity around it. We may see ourselves as a victim or as somehow someone who has it hard in whatever area or hasn't worked for because of this or that or a diagnosis or a a disappointment or a, a life plot twist, something gone awry, right? Something that we didn't want to have happen or that simply just slowly became the norm over the years. And even though we know we don't love it, we know we're not happy with it. We are nice and comfy and cozy there. And so it's much easier to make judgments perhaps, or just to say, must be nice to other people who have what we think we want simply because we're comfortable in the room that we're in. And we know that in order to become more like the people we would like to grow into, become even like the version of ourselves we would like to grow into, it's going to require standing up our little derriere and gathering up, you know, a notebook and some snacks and moving ourselves into a different room where we haven't been before where we're not very comfortable, where we might not know anyone, where we might even think we're going to be looked at as, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Someone might even say it. And do we have the courage to say the first step to becoming who I know I'm meant to be, to fulfilling the dreams I have in me, is getting into a different room and staying in the room. Now, staying is very different from getting, okay? It is the step two. And it's easier sometimes to get ourselves to do something briefly. I mean, how many of you have gotten up the courage to do something quickly, briefly, fast, right? Maybe it's text someone you have a crush on. Maybe it's show up to a concert or an event with friends and then bolt. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, get dressed up and go shopping and feel gorgeous for 15 minutes and then feel like, oh my gosh, this isn't me. I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to go change. Whatever it is, sometimes we have that burst of momentum that allows us to make the initial move. And yet we panic, right? Possibly because there is some kind of identity crisis. We're not used to being, quote, in this room. And so even though we got into it, even for a moment, the identity, the look, the appearance, the action, the power move, we run, right? We flat out say, okay, that was fun. I'm out of here. <laughs> I am out of here. Bye. Thanks for the experience. Now I can tell a fun story. I'm going home, right? I'm going to where I'm comfy. I'm going to where people tell me I belong. I'm going to where people I have learned and picked up beliefs from them or developed them myself that I belong. I'm getting out of where I want to be to go back to what I know. <laughs> Friends, where have you done that? And believe me, you're not getting any judging from me because as I'm about to tell you, I am very good at previously getting in rooms and then running for dear life, right? Where have you done that? Where have you bought the diet book? That's not what I recommend, by the way. <laughs> but in a moment of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to transform my body, you sign up for the workout classes, you sign up for the gym membership, you buy all of the fancy gear for your home garage gym, you have the cutest workout shoes, you did the initial move, you got in the room. And then a day passed, or a week passed, or a month passed. And because there was no identity shift, or because life got complicated, something else came up 
discouragement crept in, you left the room. And now you walk by the pile of workout materials on the corner of your garage every time you get in your car and you feel a sense of shame because you spent all that money and you didn't get a change. And you know darn well that it's not because it's not meant for you, although you may try to convince yourself of that to avoid the sense of shame. You know it's because you didn't show up for the room that you wanted to get in. You actually made the move to get in and then you left. Right? Maybe it's in business, and I see this so often with people who dream of starting an online business or a side hustle or an online brand or platform of some kind, and they expect a miracle overnight success to just burst onto the internet space and have a million viral views, and I hear them tell me stories of, well, I had a friend who went from zero to 100,000 in a week, you know, and I don't doubt that it's possible or that it's happened, but most people build success in an area by staying in the room, not by showing up in the room and magically getting lucky just because they darkened the doorway, as they say, right? Staying, staying, staying is what creates success, what creates a new identity, what creates a new you. So do you have the courage to stay? Now, I actually prefer the word stay to commit, and that's not because I have fears, <laughs> although they'll be discussed in a moment, but because I think staying is softer. It's even a little more honest, perhaps. Commitment sounds so demanding to me. Perhaps that's just my personal connotation. Almost harsh, like here are the handcuffs. You are committed. Don't they use that for actual jail sentences and things, right? But staying is simply just not giving up. You don't have to go all hardcore with an attitude of, I am committed. You're simply choosing to not leave and abandon your own dream. Oh, friends, we've all done it. We've all had a big dream or a vision or a desire or a a longing. And maybe after we've wrestled ourselves out of looking at other people who have it and judging them and making up stories about why they can have it and we can't, we finally take the action in a moment of inspiration and motivation and we make the moves. We get ourselves in the room. We did it. But then we feel uncomfortable. We feel like people are watching us even though they're not. We feel like some kind of police officer or something is going to walk up to us and say, sir or ma'am, we just found out you don't belong here. You'll have to leave. Right? We have this internal sense of, what am I doing? What am I thinking? They're all going to find out that I don't belong here. I'm never going to have a healthy body. I'm never going to have a million-dollar business. I'm never going to have a successful relationship with my children, my parents, my partner, my boss, myself. What am I doing? This isn't me. I got to go. Right? And we slip out of the back of the room saying we need to use the restroom, we're just going to grab a coffee, we've got to make a call, anything to get out of that uncomfortable cognitive dissonance of feeling like we are suddenly somewhere where even though we want it, we don't belong. And we'd never be able to make it. So we leave. I watch people do this all the time and it breaks my heart. Because what I've learned, especially in business, is you're not going to get it right the first time right? 
I mean, unless God himself came down with a choir of angels and delivered your business plan to you, most people take a couple tries to figure out what's going to work, what they love, what they enjoy, what they're cut out for. And then finally, something clicks. And then it stops clicking more often than not, and they have to adjust again and adjust again and adjust again. And while I don't love entrepreneurs who can never seem to pick a niche, <laughs> I do completely understand that you do have to work a little bit to find something that is a good fit for you. But the people who I find who are successful in business or in health or in wellness or any area of life is simply the ones who decided to keep trying, to adjust, to make changes, to amend, to do it again, to do it differently, to do something a little bit different. But they stayed. They stayed in the game. They stayed in the identity. They stayed in the world where they wanted to belong and be a part of. They stayed in the room. They didn't feel like a failure or a fraud. Or if they did, they processed the emotions, dealt with it however they needed to, and then continued to stay. Rather than seeing that as some kind of divine sign of shaming where they need to slip out the back and give up. I know this can be difficult to analyze our life through this lens, to say, where have I had a dream? And I know it wasn't because my assignment changed or I got clarity and I realized I didn't actually want that at all, but I simply gave up and left the room that I wanted to be in. Stay in the room, my friends. Now, for those of you <laughs> who have perhaps resonated with what I said I would also share in this podcast from a relationship perspective, I thought about doing these as two separate episodes, but then I feel that they're very, they're so similar they deserve to be put together, right? Because rather than saying, oh, well, that part didn't you know, apply to me, but this part will, everything I just said is absolutely true if you're trying to enter a relationship. Right? And I'm not saying that staying is the end-all be-all, the answer to all problems. I know many of you might say to me, well, Jackie, I'm actually trying to get the courage to leave, <laughs> you know, or get the courage to, you know, request some adjustments with very strong boundaries. And I hear you. But there are also women who are longing for a relationship and not allowing themselves to stay. And girlfriend, I'm right there with you. No judgment for me. Now, I'm going to be doing a separate episode on why women run from men. The three or possibly four, I'll have to count, ways that women run from men unconsciously. And why and how to break them. But for some of you who have done an extraordinary amount of personal development work, like I have, you can be cognizant of many of the things that I'll discuss in that episode and still find yourself hesitating to stay. So let's investigate that a little bit. And I have not planned this out. I haven't scripted it. I don't usually for these episodes. I just start recording when something's on my mind and go off the cuff. And this one will be particularly off the cuff. And if you're interested more in the relationship angle of this, then I will be doing a free training I'm not sure when you guys will be listening to this, but currently it's slated for Monday, February 27th. 
and you'll be able to find the replays on my YouTube channel and probably my Facebook page somewhere. So you can certainly message us if you'd like those links or you can go find them yourself. But let's chat about this for a little bit because this is something that very candidly I have struggled with, <laughs> okay? And I have been taking a pause <laughs> unintentionally but perfectly. The holiday season was busy and full of a lot of beautiful experiences and a lot of personal growth, especially heading into the new year. And so I have been up-leveling both by my own plans and unexpectedly in a lot of areas of my life. And that's kind of taken me off the course that I was on of really focusing on dating and very um, just heavily prioritizing that part of my life. And it's given me time to reflect on how I operate. Now, I will say a lot more on Monday's training. I don't want to spend all of our time here going through how I choose to date and how I choose who I date and how I choose when I no longer go out with them and my selection process. This, I want to simply focus on the fear of essentially staying. And so I've been thinking through why is it that I, and I think probably many of you will resonate with this, which is why I'm choosing to share it. I'm hoping it will be helpful. I would love to hear if it is. Panic in the moment of deciding to stay, right? Now, for me, I don't have any issues with, um, you know, not believing in how wonderful it is to stay with one person for a long time or the rest of your life. I don't have any felt need or desire to maintain options or continue to be, you know, pursued by multiple men. I, that's fine. You know, you can be in a relationship and you'll still get attention. You just no longer have to deal with them. I think it's actually ideal. So I've been tracing down my fear and asking myself, why is it that this is such a moment of terror for me that I would choose to avoid staying in the quote-unquote relationship room, right? Because if, again, if we're returning to our earlier metaphor, the room being the next level of you, the experience, the iteration, the whatever that you want to now attain and now live in and now live out. You know you want it, right? So I'm very clear at this point now. It's time to pivot and I want to. I'm not even forcing, you know, a vitamin I don't want to take down my throat because I know it's good for me. I legitimately now desire this more than I desire not having it, right? I'm ready for it. Say that with a little trepidation, but I certainly know I desire it. So the room that we want to stay in being the desire that we have and all of our success, beginning with whether or not we decide to stay in said room <laughs> to see the desire to fruition rather than running at any point, and certainly when it looks like we might actually be receiving exactly what we've wanted. Why do we do that? I think for many of us, there's all kinds of different reasons, right? Some of us, you know, they like to claim there's a fear of success, well, that's maybe a topic for another podcast, <laughs> but certainly it taps into, for many of us, I think, true safety fears. What is it that we are afraid we could lose by getting what we want, right? For me, I understand the momentousness of this decision. Like I said, I don't mind only being with one person. That's fine. I don't mind the idea of a lifetime commitment. I am instead fully, fully aware of the weightiness of this choice, this selection that only I get to make. 
and the impact that it has on my children, on my family, on my well-being, on my business, on, on so many aspects of my life. I've watched so many women walk through very unhealthy relationships, and I'm highly cognizant that only I can make this selection, and so many sweet, good, wonderful people will be affected by it. And yet the ball is in my court, right? So for me, staying is, <laughs> it's kind of like those um, scenes in the movies where the bomb is about to go off and you have to pick the red wire or the blue wire and you don't know which one it is, right? And the decision rests on you, you know, is everything going to blow up or is everything going to be okay? And you are making the call, right? That's how it feels to me to select one man to build with. And I know for many women, that's the underlying fear, right? In many ways. For other women, there's different fears. They fear physical intimacy. They fear, you know, a loss of being pursued. They've got some kind of attachment to wanting to feel attractive and have a bunch of people after them. There's various reasons, right, why women might run from men. And I'll go into that in the other podcast. But usually there's some underlying fear of what could be lost, right? So returning to our other examples, if you're desire where you want to stay in the room for it is a healthier body you would think well what on earth could i lose by pursuing greater wellness well you might lose the friend circle that is constantly bonded for the last 10 15 years perhaps maybe since college when everybody gained the freshman 50 over you know margaritas and chips etc and body loathing right and if you suddenly come in and you're choosing different things on the menu and feeling fantastic in your svelte and your gorgeous little, you know, slim fitting sundress, what would you lose? They're liking you. They're not judging you. They're feeling like you're one of them. What would you lose? Would you lose? Perhaps you'd feel the bonding itself, like you'd stop going and then you would lose an entire group of friends and a social time that you've valued and that's been there for you for years. So subconsciously, we start to recognize that by staying in the room, a lot of things are going to shift. And so while the act of staying, as I described it earlier, is a very kind of passive and calm seeming act where we simply choose to not leave, I see it as almost choosing to not leave in a sense, if you can follow this metaphor of standing in a boat choosing not to get off a boat, which is perfectly fine, which is not sinking, but everything around the boat is going crazy, right? There's huge waves and people are jumping off and people are trying to get on and people are, you know, it's just madness around you. And you're just standing there in this little boat that you've decided is where you really want to be. But around you, all hell's breaking loose, (laughs) right? People are judging you. People are leaving you. People are making things up about you. People are trying to get in, you know, good graces with you now for less than high integrity reasons, whatever it may be, right? For some women who want to step into wellness, one of the things they're afraid they'll lose is their, their anonymity and sense of safety in their attractiveness, right? If they haven't had a killer body, they might not have had a ton of attention from men. And subconsciously, they might know that even if they are happily married, just walking through airports, just walking down the street, just walking into CVS with no makeup, they might be getting unwanted attention if they step into this dream body that they've told themselves they've craved for 20 years. But subconsciously, they're aware that they'll lose a sense of anonymity. 
and physical safety. That's a big deal, right? So even though the act of staying in the room, staying in the behaviors that we're trying to adopt, staying in the new identity that we deeply know is who we actually are and want to be, things will change around us as we stay. And so when you're asking yourself, if you have the courage to commit, in my mind, it's not so much, it's not a jail, and it's not, it's not even commitment to one particular thing. Like, it's not even a commitment to one particular person or a commitment to, a f- you know, a friend group or a workout. It's commitment to an identity, knowing that it's going to create some changes. And do you have the courage to stand in who you want to be, in who you know yourself to actually be? in the room, on the little boat, that you want to be in, knowing that all kinds of things are going to shift around you and it's not always going to be easy or pretty, even though the only thing you're called to do is stand. Right? For the ladies who are considering relationships, this is the giant aha that whenever I pray about this, whenever I get past all of my own fears and inhibitions and concerns and, you know, pros and cons and all of the things that constantly I return to. It's never about actually committing to a person. Yes, of course, choose as best you can. But what you're actually doing is you're allowing yourself to trust God in a new context, right? On the long, long fist of what I love about God, (laughs) right? Of the many things that I love about God, it's he does not change anywhere, at any time, with anyone. Whether or not your weight changes, your relationship status changes, your income or your business model changes, he doesn't change. So when you realize that you're called to a new assignment, to a new identity, and you go to stand in it, And God only knows what's going to go around, go on around you. It's going to be, who knows? It could be peaceful. It could be easy. It could be hellacious. It could be all of the above. (laughs) But he's unchanged. So what I have to remind myself, and I invite you to remind yourself of this as well, in whatever area you're considering entering and then staying in the room for, is that I'm not dependent on whether or not it quote-unquote works out. I'm simply deciding. I've been able to trust God's infallibility over here. He's shown himself to be faithful and infallible over here as well. And over here, and over here, and over here. And am I in any way confused now that when I go to enter this room, that when I say yes to this relationship, when I say yes to this new wellness journey, when I say yes, that I am going to start the business that's been on my heart for 10 years, am I in any way confused that when I go into that room and I choose to stay, that either God won't be able to enter and stay with me or his nature will somehow change in that room? That's actually the question, ladies. Oh, if I could reach you through the microphone and grab you by the shoulders, that's the question. 
It's not, is this man trustworthy to be my husband and lead me and my children? It's not, oh my gosh, will my business idea work? It's not, oh my gosh, will this weight loss journey work or will everyone judge me if it does? It's, is my God the same God in this situation as he is everywhere else? Infallible, trustworthy, protective, just, all-knowing, all-seeing, unconditionally loving. If he doesn't change anywhere on earth, in any experience I go through, in any context, in any country, in any relationship status, at any income level, at any health level, as your friend groups change, as your relationship with your family changes, is God still the same? That's the question you have to ask yourself when you're considering, do I have the courage to stay in this room and see this through and allow it to birth? Is God still here with me? Because if he is, I can do anything. I can say yes to a man even though I'm trembling because it's not the man who I'm depending on at all, it's God. And God does not change. God does not get opted out of some contexts, but not others. God will not abandon me. God will not abandon my children. If I know I can trust God, then I can say yes to life and say yes to love and say yes to staying in the room and seeing it through. Because I know my God. There's nowhere he can't go. And that means there's nowhere I can't either. When you're gathering your courage as you sit shaking in your chair, wondering if it's time to run to the restroom and then run home, or whether this is your opportunity to feel the fear and not even quote unquote do it anyway, but simply choose to stay. What's going to allow you to have that courage? is not a guaranteed outcome. I know we want it so badly. Believe me, my friends, I want it too. It's knowing that God is infallible wherever you go. And that because of that, you can stay. You can rest. You can have peace. You can say yes. Today's episode is brought to you by the Bombshell Manifesto. The Bombshell Manifesto is a two-time number one best-selling book, and it's where I really teach the philosophy of the biblical bombshell. After spending years in ministry and now more years running my life coaching business, I see so many young women and even women well into their lives just floundering and kind of flopping around in some of the essential areas of God-created femininity, such as their relationship with God, their relationship with their bodies, their relationship with men, with sex, with beauty, with their finances. And I just don't think we have time for that. I think that we are called to do such big things for God while we're here. We've got to get these areas under control, locked on, so we can move forward toward our exciting assignments and massive callings in life. So in this book, I really give you the behind the scenes of my personal journey, struggling with what God was calling me to be as a woman. 
going back and forth around the over-sexualized ideas of femininity or the completely asexual versions we often see in the church where we're not supposed to talk about that tough stuff. I lead you through the research and the history around the concept of a bombshell, a few personal visions and ideas I have around it, and then the scripture that God puts in front of us as how he wants us to understand the important role we play as women. Do you know that a woman was the way that the Savior came into the world and was the first evangelist of his resurrection and then ascension. This is a big deal, ladies. So hop over to bombshellmanifesto.com. Now you can find this book on Amazon, but if you go through bombshellmanifesto.com, I've got a couple extra fun free bonuses and ways that you can actually get free trainings and audios that take this whole concept deeper. We walk through the 12 pillars of a biblical bombshell addressing tough areas of life like opening to vulnerability and intimacy, understanding beauty and God's calling for it, getting deeper into our confidence and our security, committing to a relationship with God that blows our minds and more. What I see so much from women and hear from them, and quite frankly, I hear it from men who are looking for a woman to marry or they want their wife to come alive in the way they know that she can, is that there's some kind of tapped-in femininity that is out there, that is possible, but that's incredibly difficult to find. Women long to be it, men long to find it, and this is the calling we have as women. This is what we're able and even asked to step into, required, I would say, to step into, to live out everything God has for us. But I see so many women who are stuck in mediocrity and are told that that kind of complacency is contentment and that's where they should stay and they should just be happy with it and, you know, that's life. I don't think that's what God's asking. I don't think that's what we're here to do. And I don't think we have any more time to waste. So join me over at bombshellmanifesto.com. Let's light this thing on fire. Let's get out into the world and do what we're supposed to do. Do what we can do. Be fully who God has called us to be. The bottom line is this. The entire world is obsessed with women. And they should be. That's the way it's designed. We are the ones who continue life. We continue the human race. We are always going to be attracting people's attention. We are always going to be shaping human beings, shaping culture, and pointing people towards something. The question is, what are we pointing them toward? Have we completely released and activated every area of our God-designed femininity to do those things well? I hope you'll join me. I think there's no more important calling on this earth as a woman than to live out her full God-given design and to use it to point people to Him. So let's get this thing started. Let's set ourselves free. Let's set our families free. And let's light the world ablaze with the truth that is only in the gospel. I'll see you at bombshellmanifesto.com.